you want to you want to chew on a mind bender for a second? Mm-hmm. The Father's been showing me that there's people that are passionate about consecration, and there's impurity in the message of consecration. Yes, it's like hang on a second. Yeah. It's possible to make consecration more of a goal than intimacy with the Father. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Welcome to Coach and Joe. My name is Chad Norris here with Michael Thornton. I want to jump into a conversation on houses of prayer that are more wired towards a Zadok house of prayer versus a non-Zadok house of prayer. When I say the name Zadok in the Old Testament, what comes to your mind? So Zadok's mentioned in Ezekiel 44. And uh, and that chapter is unbelievable because Ezekiel really lays out a distinction between the Levitical priests and the Zadok priests. So Zadok were Levites, you know, by by bloodline, but within that group, they were special. It was like a remnant within the remnant, if you will. So Zadok was a remnant of Levite priests that were different than Levitical priests. Recently, one of the things that the Father has been showing us is that we're being invited here at the Garden Greenville into watching him grow. I like the word grow better than build, by the way. It's good. Things grow in a garden. Watching things grow in this garden is a Zadok house of prayer Mm. by invitation only. Yes. Nate Johnson, this Australian prophet, he has an astounding gift. Incredible. I mean, even this morning, Armando sent me a word that Nate just released about how certain places in the earth are basically being invited by the Father of what's been formed in the secret place Yes, to now be manifested in a public place. But it's not built off of networking, conferencing, <laughs> getting LinkedIn. What is the correlation between this New Testament idea that Jesus, our King, talked about secret place? Man, I, love, I just love it. And a corporate Zadok house of prayer. So you got secret place, which is... I don't even think secret place is you and Amber. It's not. It is you. Mm-hmm. Shut the door. That's it. Right? That's individual. And then there's this corporate yes. Zadok thing. So Zadok was invited by God, and those priests were allowed to minister unto the Lord. Yes. The other Levitical priests <clears throat> were not. That's right. But they were allowed to minister unto people. Yes. That is like... It's a mind blower. It's happening right now in the church today. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about that Ezekiel 44 passage because it's right there in the word, Zadok ministered to the Lord himself and the Levitical priest ministered to the people. You need both, but God is a God of order and the order is him first. Why did he not allow those Levitical priests to minister in him? Hands dirty? I believe so. There's a level of purity that's required to minister to the Lord Himself, you want to you want to you want to chew on a mind bender for a second. Mm-hmm. The Father's been showing me that there's people that are passionate about consecration, and there's impurity in the message of consecration. Yes, it's like hang on a second. Yeah, it's possible to make consecration more of a goal than intimacy with the Father. You can consecrate yourself so much in your ideology of consecration and actually be impure. Yes. You can make an idol out of it. It can become a theology and God be nowhere in it. We had one of our students last night, uh, Lindsay Swanson, talk about how the Father showed her the difference in fasting and consecration. You can fast and not be setting yourself apart. Yep. It can become your God. You can fast in your own strength and it, you're basically just wasting time. I mean, medically, people fast just to lose weight all the time, but there's nowhere about relationship with God in it. I, I would have to wrestle this out probably with quite a few people, and I don't know if I'm ready to preach it yet, but the Father continues to show me that Zadok houses of prayer are mm. by invitation only. Mm. Now, biblically, that happened in the Old Testament. Yes. But just because you're starting a house of prayer in your local church, in your community, 
doesn't mean it's an invitation to be a Zadok house of prayer. If we look at it biblically, I mean, if you look throughout the entire thing of scripture, there, there, it's like there's always a remnant. We always say that God always has a remnant, but there always seems to be a remnant within the remnant. There's always sheep in the sheep. And we see that in the whole priesthood, especially with Zadok. And there's just a special people. There's a special group that he begins to awaken, to invite, to draw in, to minister to himself. Um, that is powerful. And I've learned a lot of people don't get it. A lot of people don't understand it. You have to catch it. You, it has to be implanted in you. You have to, you have to experience it to be awakened to it. What is it about people? What was it about Zadok that God s- said yes to the invitation? Mm-hmm. He's the one that invited him. Yes. To minister into him. So I don't want to go too fast. There's even passages in the New Testament where people ministered into the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is a God-focused, God-centered, I'm here for you. My life is for you. It's not about me. I'm here to literally worship you. I'm not here to even build out a ministry that has anything other to do than just just worship you. Yes. All right, so ministering to the Lord is not just a way back then Old Testament thing. It's now. Now. Uh, I can look at it this way. Seek you first, the kingdom of God, spiritual capital above all the other capitals. The Father is the only one that can determine the level of purity on someone's heart for that, mm. right? Yes. What was it about Zadok mm. that he got, that got the invitation? So in the story in David, when he's bringing back the ark, when David brings back when he brings back the ark in uh, in Israel in Second Samuel six, First Chronicles thirteen, he begins to establish the priesthood, and and we have to remember this is so powerful because, again, under Saul's reign, the priesthood was in shambles. Matter of fact, Saul murdered the city of the priests. Can we go slow right there? Mm-hmm. How stupid do you have to be? I mean, think about that. And he was a king. He was a king, full born, and actually disdained. And disregarded the priesthood. Watch this. In James, it compares he compares anger to murder. Yes. Do you know that the kingly is still murdering the priestly now? Yes. Uh, this is yes. what this is what murder is when you have disdain or look down your nostrils at the priestly as though you tolerate it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't do you it. Better not do that. Mm-mm. Saul. So Saul does that. He murders the priest, and so the priesthood is in shambles. So you think about it. If the priesthood is in shambles, then that means there's no one giving sacrifices on behalf of the people or the nation. There's no blood being poured out for the forgiveness and the redemption of sins in that Old Testament paradigm. So the nation is in a mess. So when David brings the ark back, he restores the priesthood that Saul neglected. And Zadok is the lead priest in that family. And he establishes Zadok to give offerings and sacrifices day and night, night and day. That's where Zadok first comes into play. So David actually positioned Zadok. There was something in Zadok that he held a special position to minister to the Lord in his sanctuary day and night, night and day. And David said, I'm going to fund you and your family and all your teams. And that is going to be your primary occupation. I'm going to focus you that you're not going to be distracted. And your main job is to literally worship him day and night. And this is the key of David and the presence of God, the presence of God dwell regionally dwell in that nation. And that's how David prioritized the presence of God around that whole nation. I have a word for you. Okay. You have such authority in what you just said Mm. and your main assignment in this house until it's established is to build that is to architect that Mm. that thing burns so deep in you. It is in me. So, and you know what? I'm not a worship leader. I'm a terrible singer. 
horrible musician. Amber tried to teach me to play guitar. It didn't. It didn't work. Michael, got, I'm right. worse than you, and God just named me worship pastor here. <laughs> but this worship is worship leader. But this is so brilliant from the Father. It's so biblical. And again, that's where David is is amazing in this in this story because David establishes fathers who are seers and prophets to give direction and directive to the singers and musicians to help build out this culture of and what is the culture it's it's day and night prayer not unto we become a powerful ministry not unto we get noticed and recognized it's so that god almighty can have a dwelling place here right here where we are is it possible to build out a house of prayer that's really a house of disassociation to stay away from the big bad world it's very possible. Mm-hmm, I think so. And and uh, Jesus, he gives us, you know, those few those few comments in the in the Beatitudes about prayer. He said, "Don't pray like the Pharisees," and he says, "Don't pray like the Gentiles." And the Pharisees want to be seen in prayer, so the aim of their prayer is to be seen and recognized by man, and that's real. If you pray that way, <laughs> you'll go in a ditch real fast. And then the other ditch is don't pray like the Gentiles in their formula praying or their many words that'll lead you into striving type prayer because you think by the qua- the quantity of time, how much time, how much this, how much I say, what I say is going to move God. And Jesus is like, Mm-mm. but go into your closet and pray to your fathers in secret. So yeah, there's definitely ditches that you can go. Oh, Michael. <laughs> uh, Uzziah starts off great. Yes. Here we go. Same song, millionth verse, 16 years old. It's over Judah. Of all the mm-hmm. kings, he may be one of the greatest ones, but of course, here we go again, he falls. Mm-hmm. He's in Zadok land. He's pure until he's not. And when I say Zadok land, I just mean just a, just a pure well. Pure. And then it says, as long as he, Second Chronicles 24-ish, as long as he sought wisdom from the Lord, God gave him success. And he did a lot of great things. He goes through all his accolades. But then it says, after his mentor, Zechariah, dies. Which, which by the way, that's amazing. You brought that out the other day. Uh, I don't know if it was in the staff meeting or you were teaching. I never caught that, that Zechariah the prophet was Uzziah's instructor. You ready to have your mind blown? Uh-huh. Get you wound up? Yes. Guess what it says in the word. I, mean, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Guess what Zechariah trained him in? What was it? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. So it says like literally, so Zechariah wow. trained him to fear God, which is just to respect, honor, lay down love. And so what happened is when you don't dance with the one who brung you, mm. as my dad would say, uh, Uzziah stopped doing what got him so much success, Good and it became Lord. about him. Shoo. That's not my point. He got leprosy when it wasn't just his pride, but when he started doing priestly things. My whole point of where I'm going is, if God counts you worthy, like Jeremiah 33, 3, he shares his secrets to his closest friends. Yes. If he sees something in you, in your community, where he's inviting you into a Zadok house of prayer, then here's what you need to do. Dance with the one who brung you. Mm. Right? Yes. Do you know there's a part of you, Michael, that never needs to leave rehab that you were in in North Carolina? Oh, man. You need to keep one pinky toe in that rehab the rest of your life. I'm serious. It's a good word. Because here's here's what happens. Oh, Uzziah. Oh, wow, Uzziah, you're amazing. He's giving you army success and this and that and accolades. And all of a sudden you pull a hair and it's like, oh, I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. You don't need a trophy room. Yeah, I even felt it's like the Lord said, I honestly forgot to do it. Like, why are my books on this table? I don't even want my books on this table. <laughs> what? Are, what? It, it's just, it's like, I'm not going to read my press clippings. 
Georgia's got University of Georgia just won the second national championship. All heck's broken loose on the team. People are getting arrested for this and that. When you get to the top, the wind whips. The wind whips hard. And when you get up there to summit, mm. Psalm 24, you better stay on your knees and just claw that mountain and say, Dad, I that like mm. that's why Seymour put a box over his head. <laughs> yes. Move a God's touching the nations with that social media. Mm. Seymour's like, Don't look at me. That's so good. Why do people Let's let's name the people. It's popcorn. Yep. How many Uzziahs? All right. Okay. David, his was more lustful, but he still fell. Failed. Uh, who fell to pride? You said talk about the similarities Uzziah and Saul. Saul. Saul fell to pride big time. Started low, Michael. Started very low. And remember, it wasn't uh, it wasn't God's idea to give a king. It was the people they wanted a king. And so when Saul comes, I mean, it's not long. It's two years. It says he was anointed for two years, and that's it. He disobeyed, and the, that anointing has left him, but he stayed as king. But even as king, he literally let, I mean, he was 40 years, but you see this progression of jealousy, of anger, and pride. Said said one time, Samuel, the prophet, said, where's Saul? I can't find Saul. And the people said, oh, he just built a monument to himself. This is in the Bible. He's, he actually just built a statue to himself. So there was a Nebuchadnezzar-type pride, a Uzziah-type pride on Saul. Yes. <laughs> Why is it so? I mean, I'm speaking right to myself. I'm not talking, I'm not trying to say that any of us are immune from it. Why is it always the same story of a downfall? Why don't people just do what Solomon said at the end of his life? Fear God, keep his commandments. Yes. You know, John Bevere has been raised for, for, as, for such a time as this. If you have not read his book, All, All of God, God, boy, it'll make you, it'll get uncomfortable. I, I would rather be uncomfortable in the presence of a holy God yes. than do a bunch of daddy God stuff, my snuggle bug Jesus. All, a lot of that stuff is such baloney. It's my buddy the elf, Jesus Christ. He is a sovereign king. When when his presence comes in that way, there's a holiness to it. There's a power to it that it just demands. I got to tell you a story. Respect. Uh, no one knew I was here. The tent was up last year. Mm. I drove over here. It, I was, it was sincere in my heart. I just wanted to get up under the tent by myself. No one knew it. I got up under the tent. Before I started praying, I heard so loud. You have judgment against Jane Doe. I'm not wow. going to say her name. I said, Lord, that is not good. Mm. He said, take off your shoes. Mm. I took off my shoes and I said, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I'm really sorry. And I said, is there any judgment in my heart towards anyone else? And he showed me. And I was like, really? Yeah. He said, yes, Chad. So you know what I did? I repented. Mm. We got to be careful talking about Zadok House of Prayer. Yes. Guess who's judged more strictly than anyone in this house at the Garden of Greenville, Michael? Mm-hmm. Me. But it's almost like walking with walking in this type of glory manifesting yes. is like, mm. Lord, I love you. Lord, am I okay? But it's like, I don't want any other. If this is the way it is. This is the way it is. You then know, that's what I want. You know, you just described, I mean, basically what happened to Isaiah in chapter six. When after King, Uzziah died? After he dies. After King Uzziah dies, I saw the Lord high lifted up. But, but here's what strikes me is he says, when he gets in that presence, what does Isaiah say? Oh, man, I am a man of unclean lips. He wasn't aware of that until he stepped into that kabod. That happened to me in 1996, Michael. And when he was aware 
Now the tongs from the altar, the coal comes his mouth. He repents. He's like, oh, I live it amongst people, unclean lips. But what strikes me is he's a prophet and he is prophesying years before that moment. So he's no like pew sitter. He is a prophet in the nation already and doesn't have the awareness until he's in that presence. And so I, that's what I'm saying. What you, that's what I'm saying. What you're hitting on is very real. It's very true because there's a lot of times we don't even, we're not even aware of what we're carrying or what's in there. No, no. And that glory comes and it, it just exposes it. Oh, I think part of the victory there is just go ahead and admitting. Yes. You may not know where you are until the glory manifest. 1996, yes. in June of 96, Campbellsville, Kentucky, mm. the glory of God came into my room. And I am telling you, without exaggeration, I thought I was going to die. Wow. I've never felt so unclean in my life. In the natural, mm. a hand touched my head. I've never felt so clean. And I began to laugh so hard. <laughs> I, I, the spirit of laughter hit me. But for the first 45 minutes, it was not the spirit of laughter. Mm. Let's talk about Ananias and Sapphira, and we'll shut this down. Yes. I, I have mm. sought God on this to the point of exhaustion for 10 years. I'm ready to say I know why they died. I'm just, I'm, I'm in it. You okay, ready? Okay, let's go. It's the glory. It was the glory. If you look at Leviticus mm-hmm. 10, what killed Nadab and Abihu? Well, they did. <laughs> you, they bumped into the glory. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that some people are scared of the altar and others sprint to it? Mm-hmm. That's right. It, 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 huh? it's, very, it's very real. It's, it's very real. You it, can hide in Bible when studies. We, when we did, we did, we had a tent for many years. It was called Jesus Tent. We took it all around. <laughs> we would do day and night worship and prayer around the clock, and and the glory would come. I mean, it, the presence of God would get intense. And we had the riffraff, we had the drug addict, the alcohol that we had, the pastors, we had everybody in there. And when that presence hit, <laughs> woo, you could just always tell there'd be some on the fringes. They just couldn't. They just could not get up there I, to the front. I, I got to tell you a story. I'm in Virginia one time. And we're doing a little naturally supernatural <laughs> thing. I don't have any um, musical instruments on me. It's about 30 people in the room. We're all sitting in a square. I remember that mm. in this room, which is odd. The chairs were on a on the wall. And I just do what I normally do. Father, we just love you. We just come into your presence. I, mean, I was just wound up. This woman does a shriek like a bark and throws up into the trash can. <laughs> And I asked the father, I said, what was that? I didn't pray for. Mm. She had delivered of a demon. He said, James 4, 8. He mm. said, when you draw close to me, I draw close to you. What, this is what I'm trying to say. It's easier when a lead teacher with great rhetoric draws close to you. When the glory of God draws close to you, mm. Ananias and Sapphira may happen in your church. Well, brother, that would never happen in the new covenant. It already has happened in the new covenant. Mm. People are not, we've got so much hyper grace crud in the charismatic stream. We're not open to God on his own terms. Be careful Mm. before you cry out for the glory of God to manifest in your community. God bless. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.